48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The Secretary for the Civil Service is urging parents to get their babies and toddlers vaccinated now that the jabs designed for them are available. An executive councillor says the administration is unlikely to relax the zero plus three medical surveillance rule for inbound travellers in the near future. And an anti-smoking campaigner suggests raising the tax on tobacco to make smoking too expensive for young people. The Secretary for the Civil Service, Ingrid Young, has renewed the call for parents to bring their children to get the COVID-19 vaccine as the BioNTech formula for babies and toddlers became available at four vaccination centres. Speaking on an RTHK programme, Ms Young noted young children from six months can now receive the diluted BioNTech formula but conceded that the bookings have not been satisfactory. Authorities said 750 bookings for the BioNTech child jabs have been made as of 7pm last night. The vaccination rate for children aged below three is lower than 19%. It is very worrying, in particular for parents who plan to take their children on holiday during Christmas or the Lunar New Year. They should really have their kids vaccinated. Some parents who brought their toddlers for the BioNTech jabs at the Children's Hospital told RTHK why they chose this vaccine at this time. We've taken uh, the same one, so we wanted our kids to take the same one. We anyway wanted to vaccinate our kids. It's safe for them. Mostly I have traveling to India. That's why we be careful of the COVID. So I take the vaccine to my daughter. So we use also same the mother and father take it the biotech, same I give the biotech. Executive Councillor Jeffrey Lamb says the government is unlikely to further relax the current zero plus three quarantine arrangement for incoming travellers anytime soon. But he said the government should look to see if there's room to reduce the number of COVID tests required upon arrival in a bid to attract more business people to visit the SAR. Uh, I think right now there are still a lot of uh, discussions about uh, when uh, we should change from zero plus three to zero plus zero. I think we should stop uh, this kind of argument. The best for Hong Kong is... uh, how to improve the O plus 3 as I see uh, in the near future O plus 3 is not going to be changed so I I suggest the government uh, should improve the incoming procedures The woman labelled one of the most dangerous people in the world by the tobacco trade has hailed the work of Hong Kong in bringing down its smoking rates over the past 40 years But Judith Mackay, Director of Asian Consultancy on Tobacco Control, says there are still hundreds of thousands of smokers in the city. She threw her support behind an idea mentioned by the health chief yesterday to raise the legal smoking age, saying the average age to take up the habit was under 20, when youngsters' brains weren't fully developed. Dr Mackay also told RTHK raising the tobacco tax would be one thing that would have a significant impact because then young people couldn't afford to smoke. Tax is the other thing that really bears a huge impact here because we know it's a fiscal measure that really reduces smoking in young people. They just simply can't afford expensive cigarettes. It's as simple as that. So it's not health education in schools. It's actually a fiscal measure that really helps them stop. And we haven't had a tax increase since, inexplicably, we haven't had a tax increase since 2014. 
Turning overseas, voting projections in the United States suggest Republicans will take control of the House of Representatives in a major blow to President Biden, with votes now being counted across the country. 198 House seats have been called by CBS News for the Republicans to 176 for the Democrats. Some Western states are still voting. The race for the Senate hangs on several key states... Sorry, sorry, several key seats in Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada and Georgia. Camilla Moon is with the Georgia Black Republican Council. I think there's going to be a red wave. I really do think that most of the statewide uh, positions for Georgia are all going to go red, including the Senate race. I mean, Kemp has been such a great governor. That tailwind is long and everybody's going to catch that wave and just ride across the finish line. In Florida, the Republican state governor, Ron DeSantis, is projected to have increased his margin of victory substantially from 2018. He has a lead of more than 15% over his Democratic Party rival. The strong result is likely to fuel speculation he could run for president in 2024, possibly fighting Donald Trump for the Republican nomination in the U.S. Senate race in Florida. Projections suggest the Republican incumbent Marco Rubio has comfortably held on to his seat with around 56% of the vote. He addressed his supporters. I am more energized and excited about working in the Senate than I've been at any other time because I believe we are on the cusp of a new generation of leadership in this Republican Party that will restore common sense, that will put hardworking Americans first, and that will leave for our children what they deserve to inherit, the greatest country in the history of the world. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Thank you. The results of some races in key battleground states may not be finalized quickly, particularly for the Senate. The BBC's Anthony Zerker explains. It's the rules in the states. Some states don't start to tabulate mail-in voting, early voting, until the polls close. So a place like Pennsylvania, they can't even open the envelopes that contain the ballots that were vote by mail, millions of ballots, until the polls close. It takes them while to count and process all of these millions of votes. There are other places like Florida that do prep work. They open them, they begin tabulating them well before Election Day. That way they can report pretty quickly. So it's kind of a case-by-case basis. These people had their say after casting their ballots. It's always important to vote for you to get the things that you want to, to accomplish where you're living. An example as far as the rent cap, people not even able to actually survive and so many people are homeless because the rent is just keep going up and that was very important to vote on. Even with your local elections it's important so you know the policies are being enforced locally in your area and so that you have a say in enforcing your civic duty and that right that we've gained, the right to vote has been something that we've had to fight for. A cabinet minister appointed by the new British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak just two weeks ago has resigned after being accused of bullying. Gavin Williamson has apologised for sending angry text messages to a colleague about not being invited to Queen Elizabeth's funeral. Sir Gavin denied other allegations that he'd bullied civil servants. Dave Penman is the head of the union representing senior civil servants. He said the Prime Minister needed to appoint a new independent advisor on ministerial interests. Whether the Prime Minister would simply say, well, the matter's now closed because he's resigned, that's not good enough. We need to know if people are convicted through investigation of bullying, and it has to have consequences beyond their resignation. 
It's emerged that Britain's government has paid much more compensation than it's previously disclosed to families of Afghan children killed during UK military operations in Afghanistan. According to Defence Ministry data obtained by a campaign group, there were 64 victims. The BBC's Jonathan Beale reports. Most of the children were killed during British military operations in Helmand between 2006 and 14. Being caught in crossfire and coalition airstrikes were among the most common causes of death. Overall, more than 40% of the child fatalities recorded were aged 10 or under. UK compensation payments made to their relatives varied widely. The Ministry of Defence said any civilian death in conflict was a tragedy. It said the UK worked hard to avoid the risk, though it could never be eliminated. Australia's largest health insurer, Medibank, has confirmed that cybercriminals who stole customer data have released some of that information on a dark web forum. It was posted on a blog with reported links to the Russian ransomware group Reveal. The BBC's Phil Mercer has more. Medibank refused to pay a ransom after one of Australia's biggest data breaches. In response, the alleged hackers have dumped some of the stolen information on the dark web. The company said it was a criminal act designed to cause distress. Almost 10 million current and former Medibank customers have had their personal details compromised. Australia's Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill said the decision not to pay a ransom was consistent with government advice. Sweden's new Prime Minister has sought to reassure Turkey that Stockholm will live up to all the commitments it made to Ankara when it was invited to join NATO. Ulf Christensen was speaking in Ankara after meeting President Erdogan, who said he was expecting to see concrete steps from Stockholm in the field of counter-terrorism. Sweden promised to be a security provider for all NATO members. This is why I want to reassure all Turks Sweden will live up to all the obligations made to Turkey in countering the terrorist threat, both before becoming a member of NATO and as a future ally. Mr Erdogan added Sweden's recent resumption of arms exports to Turkey was a positive step. Last week, Sweden said it would distance itself from the Syrian Kurdish YPG militia in its bid to win Turkey's support for NATO membership. Turkey views the YPG as an extension of the PKK, an outlawed Kurdish separatist movement. The American space agency NASA has again postponed the launch of its Artemis 1 moon rocket because of a subtropical storm approaching Florida. Storm Nicole is expected to develop into a hurricane today near the Bahamas before making landfall in Florida tonight or early tomorrow. A single lottery ticket purchased in California has won a 2.4 billion US dollar jackpot, a world record. The Powerball ticket was purchased at a service station on the outskirts of Los Angeles. The announcement of a winner brought an end to hours of suspense as results were delayed by a technical hitch. To sports now, where the former FIFA president, Sepp Blatter, has admitted that awarding the Football World Cup to Qatar was a mistake. His comments came less than two weeks to go until the start of the tournament. This is what Blatter had to say. For me personally, in my, my own uh, in the soul, in my soul, I said to myself, I, I was right at a certain time to say it is, we should not go there. Blatter was president of football's world governing body when Qatar was awarded the tournament back in 2010. More from the BBC's Paul Serres. 
Speaking to a Swiss newspaper, the 86-year-old said he believes Qatar is too small of a country to host the tournament and that football and the World Cup are too big for it. He had also previously stated in a newspaper interview in 2014 that awarding the tournament to Qatar was an error. Blatter spent 17 years as FIFA president but was forced to step down in 2015 over allegations he unlawfully arranged a transfer of just over two million US dollars to Michel Platini, who was also forced to resign from his position at FIFA. Blatter and Platini were charged with fraud last November but were found not guilty at a trial in Switzerland in July. In the Italian Serie A, Napoli have extended their advantage at the top of the table by beating Empoli 2-0. Second placed AC Milan were held to a goalless draw by Cremonese. Milan now trail the leaders Napoli by eight points. In Germany, Bayern Munich were 6-1 winners over Werder Bremen to go four points clear at the top. In Spain, Gerard Piquet has been sent off at half-time in his final match before retirement, seemingly for arguing with the referee. But Barcelona fought back to beat Osasuna 2-1 and move five points clear at the top of La Liga. 35-year-old Piquet, who waved goodbye to the Camp Nou last weekend, was incensed by the referee's decision to show Barca striker Robert Lewandowski a second yellow card just after the half-hour mark. Piquet, a 2010 World Cup winner with Spain, won four Champions League titles with Barca. There were three English Premier League sides involved in last night's League Cup matches. Leicester City maintained their good form by beating Newport County 3-0 at the King Power Stadium. And Bournemouth enjoyed a 4-1 home win over Everton. The NBA took a break yesterday as Americans went to the polls in the U.S. midterm elections. It's part of an an initiative by the National Basketball Social Justice Coalition to get people out to vote. Players came together with league officials and owners to ensure all 30 teams played on what was described as Manic Monday, leaving voters free on the day of the midterms. James Cardigan from the National Basketball Social Justice Coalition explains why it was an important thing to do. Tens of thousands of people go to games and millions more watch games. And so if we're able to change our schedule to make sure that we are emphasizing the fact and getting attention to the fact that we have an election, the people should spend their time engaging regardless of where they fall on the political spectrum, raising their voice in our democracy. That's an important thing to do. Next to cricket, the first of the T20 World Cup semi-finals takes place later today when New Zealand face Pakistan. The Kiwis have reached the last two finals and their captain Kane Williamson says they had no intention of being runners-up for a third time. And that's kind of a big part of the idea, I guess, of tournament sport. And if you can try and find yourself in positions where you can compete to get across the line, that's a really good thing. But we go into a semi-final, there's four teams there that certainly have the ambition to go all the way and, and that's certainly been the case in the other tournaments. New Zealand and Pakistan square off at the SCG at 4pm Hong Kong time. England take on India in the other semi-final tomorrow. To the weather forecast, sunny periods with moderate east to northeasterly winds. The outlook, more sunny periods in the next few days. Currently, the observatory is 26 degrees Celsius, humidity 65%. News and sport from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
with sunroof good afternoon 18 minutes past one it is wednesday is always classical music day and paul archibald the wonderful musician and trumpet player will be joining us from bangkok in about 12 minutes from now this is grace and chance I'm done with the drinking falling flat on my face wasted we on my good graces can't find my friends like i'm lost at the party i'm done with the boys who Keep causing me pain, poison When I carry the blame It's killing me thinking I'll die with nobody Now it's all in the past No, I'm not going back oh, Throwing my tears to the fire Cause lately I'm so damn tired Of being bad to myself, bad Being selfish, my hollow words lie so that I can be heard, and I need a chance at a real conversation. I'm done overthinking every step that I take, boys. The way that I hesitate, and I'm dying to feel some real stimulation. Oh my 